0: One, Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and smile at somebody. Say, I'm glad I'm sitting by you today. You're looking good. All right. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. So good to see everybody here today. Happy New Year. Uh, if somebody hasn't said that to you already today, uh, even though it's already into the new year, that sounds old, doesn't it? And uh, we're looking forward to great things. I don't know what what uh, is on your mind for the new year, but um, we're just believing God for great things. We always do, don't we? Amen. How many know you wake up every day? God, I'm believing you for big things today. And uh, some of us all the time, but... You know, as a young man, you get when I got a hold of the purpose of God in my life, I think that was probably one of the greatest things that I could ever do is just know that God knew me, He loved me, He had a plan for my life. And when I got a hold of that, it was like really, really exciting. You know, one of the things we do is we do fast and pray at the beginning of the year, as Brother Micah said. One of the things we just want to throw out today, I know it's only going to be a week, and we're going to be doing prayer and praise on Tuesday. You know, a lot of times what we do is we fast and pray. We fast and pray for the new year, right? We 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 pray about what God's going to do and what he's going to say and, and all that he kind of lays out the map for the year. We look forward to that. I remember back in the eighties and nineties, everything was about a theme and you had to have this theme and, you know, Jesus is the key in 83, you know, the church is alive in 95. I remember those days. Right. And, um, And we preached a whole series about that. How many know God still has a theme for your life for this year? Amen. And we're just saying, God, whatever it is, whatever you want to do, uh, you know, it's all good, right? It's going to be good. And anything better than the last two years, it's going to be good. Amen. No, it's good. But uh, God's been been faithful, hasn't he? God's been good, right? Amen. No matter what we go through, God's still good and God faithful. I think that looking forward to this year for me personally, I just felt like, Lord, in this next year, I just really want to just kind of grow in my relationship with you. I feel like uh, that's that's really my heart, really, and, and my personal, uh, I wouldn't say, goal if you will but really just to grow in my relationship with the Lord and uh, how many can say more I really want to grow my relationship with God this year and uh, really I just want to get closer to him and how many know when you get closer to God he gets closer to you amen it's just something about that and he just becomes so amazing and I feel like kind of a check when we go through uh, this year and we look at the year just kind of uh, ask you this question what's your relationship status with God today you know, we can look forward to this year and say, man, I want to know God more. I want my relationship status to grow with God. I want it to be more. How many know it's about knowing God and making him known to others? Right? Amen. As we talked about last week, that we're not a, uh, the gospel message is not a gospel of isolation. It's a gospel of invitation. And I'm so thankful that, amen, the Lord reached out to me first. Amen. That he, He kind of reached down and he kind of reached out and I reached back and we made a connection. I feel like the uh, first, kind of the first message of the year would be appropriate really to talk about our friendship with God. Our relationship with the Lord. Amen. How many, I mean, love God with all your heart. Amen. The Bible says those are the two things that really it's all about. It's about loving God with all your heart and loving other people better than you love yourself sometimes we get caught up in social issues and political issues and we get so concerned about the emergency situations going in our lives and And uh, we, you know, come on, we pray about those things we fast about those things but how many you know we just need to say Lord, sometimes you just need to come and say Lord, I didn't ask for blessing today I just want you I'm not asking for anything today anybody lift your hand and say Lord, I'm just not asking for anything I just want you I just want your presence I just want, amen, Lord to, to grow closer to you today I want to just talk to you about uh i guess if i was entitled it today it would be called fuel uh, our friendship with god and so revelation chapter 3 verse 20 i want to read the scripture we'll pray and go on revelation chapter 3 verse 20 he was addressing a church um through one of the letters he was addressing the church and they had gotten off course a little bit and they had lost their focus and they kind of just got to a place where they needed to be reminded of some things and, and, and the Bible says that Jesus said these words. He said in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, to him, in with him and eat with him and he with me. That's pretty good, isn't it? If, any, you know, if I'm standing at the door. If you open the door... We'll have, we'll sup. The one translation says, I'll sup with him. That's like a dinner. We'll share dinner together and we'll abide together. We'll, we'll be together. And how many know, really, it's about an intimate friendship with Jesus Christ? Amen. Can you can just lift your hand heaven and say, Lord, I want, amen, my relationship this year really to grow stronger with you more than anything else. I know I'm asking for a lot right now. I know I'm I'm doing these things, Lord. I know I'm, I'm asking and there's a lot of things around us going on, but I want... My relationship to grow stronger, Lord, with you this year, because that's what it's about. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Look at the scripture again. He just says, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody hear my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and with him. I will eat with him and he with me. And this is what it's about. He wants this this intimate friendship with us. And he wants uh, sometimes we don't look at it like that. We look at it like, well, he's God. He's God. and And we need to worship him and we need to pledge allegiance to Him and, and that's all true but really it's about the friendship with God. Have you ever stopped and thought about your friendship with the Lord and how your relationship with the Lord is and how is my friendship with God? I think sometimes we, we kind of get casual about that and God forbid if we ever come to a place where this is secondary, where this is something that we feel like we're above and that doesn't need to be a, a kind of a point of concentration in our life. I feel like we need to be focused on our relationship with the Lord. I know there's a lot of people that are focused on a lot of things around us. But let's just today just say, Lord, I, I want to focus on my relationship with you in a fresh way this year than ever before. If you look at the scripture, he says, I'm, gonna, I'm standing at this door, I'm knocking. And, if any, and And I feel like this analogy is so powerful that Jesus could give. He could give a lot of analogies, but he said, it's like me standing on the outside and I'm knocking. I'm wanting to come in. I want to reach out. I'm inviting. I'm, I'm giving that invitation. I, I'm wanting to, you to open the door. And he said, "If you'll open the door," and a lot of people said, "Oh, that's the door to your heart." I don't really know, but really, it doesn't make it clear. It just says, "If you open the door, I'm going to come in. We're going to share a meal together, and we're going to, and, and you're going to be with me. I'm going to be with you." And Jesus really gives us picture of intimate friendship. And really, it's not, just, it's not just him giving us something, but he uses the word share. We're going to share something. So there's a participation there. How many know with a relationship with God, there's participation? There's interaction. He's talking about this. He's saying, oh, I want to come in and I want to talk. I want to interact. And then there's a partnership that we see that Jesus wants to have. I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, as Paul opens up his letter to the Corinthian church. And he dresses some things. He begins to talk about the Lord. and begins to talk about how good God is and the nature of God. And one of the things he says in verse 9, he, sees, he says this. He says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. How many believe with all your heart that you are called into fellowship with God? Well, I'm called to be in the ministry. I'm called to be a prophet. I'm called to do all this stuff. I'm called to be, have a business. And I'm called to, to, to be CEO. How many know the first and foremost, most important thing we can say in the Lord that we are called into fellowship? You know that's something that God desires for us to have. It's fellowship. That's what he really what it was all about, isn't it? God really wanted fellowship from the very beginning. And so I can honestly say today that conversion to Christianity is not membership to a church. It's the joining of a relationship in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. So when we talk about Christianity, you're not talking about a, a creed or you're not talking about a particular doctrine necessarily. You're talking about relationship. And I hope that when you tell people about Jesus, you don't tell them about the rules of the church or you tell them about you know, the, all the things that we do, the, the music we have or the, the this and that and we do that. How many know we start with relationship? Because that's what it's all about. When I stand at the door, I'm knocking. I want you to open the door. I want to come in. I want to have this interaction with you. I want to have this time with you. This this lifestyle of participation and sharing. When you share a meal with somebody in the Jewish culture, that meant there was an intimate friendship. You didn't just invite anybody into your house. You had to invite the most important people in your lives in your house, and when you sat down and had a meal together, it wasn't just like, "Yeah, we got some chips there in the cupboard. Open, you know, if you you want a soda, it's there too. Let's watch a game." Uh, that's my kind of hanging out, right? Amen. But how many know it was something that you actually spent hours around the table? You spent time around the table. And there was, maybe there was some different courses that you had. You started with the pita and the hummus. And then you went in a little further to some greens and the vegetables. And then maybe, come on, you went into the until you got to the real good part, that lamb, right? Amen. And, and all those things. And so you had a meal together. And Jesus is saying, this is what I want. I want to have a meal with you. I want to be able to have this conversation with you. And, uh, you know, some of the best times I say as a family is dinner time. That's still some of the most important times we can spend with our kids and with our friends and with our family is around the table. We've kind of lost that in American culture, but in a lot of cultures, cultures, that's still important. That's still, you know, going to somebody's house or having a festival or a feast, man, that's still a big deal. And going to somebody's house and Jesus is saying, I want to do that. I want to have this relationship with you. In John chapter 17, Jesus was praying. And one of the prayers that he prayed in John 17, he said this in verse 3. He said, this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. How many know that's important to God? Amen? It is about knowing Him. So talk to your neighbors and talk to people. And, and when you're writing on social media, let it be that this is the theme that comes out of your message. That this is the theme that comes out of your conversation. This is the theme that comes out of your life this year that I have this relationship with God Almighty. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I feel like some Christians get so old in what they are doing in Christianity and they've been coming to church so long they become petrified in their relationship. And it all becomes robotic and it all's about, well, yeah, I go to church and I do this and I do that. How many know it's fresh every single day, a relationship with God Almighty? Amen. How many know he's not a stone or uh, made of a a statue made with hands? Amen. The Bible says he's got a mouth, he speaks, he's got ears, he listens, he's got a heart that beats for us. He's our God. Amen. And this is the thing about relationship. And so I love this, uh, that scripture that Jesus said, this is eternal life, that you would know the only true God. And, And the point of it is about this whole thing about the relationship and friendship with God is that God knows you. And He wants you to know that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one thing to know that God loves you. Have ever Remember that bumper sticker, you know, Jesus, smiled. Jesus loves you. Smile, God loves you. You know, it's one thing, God loves you and knows you, but He wants you to know that, and then He wants you to know Him. And that's the message. And one of the things we talk about, a relationship with God, is we talk about God's friendship with us. You have to address that. You have to talk about God's friendship with us. And then we've got to talk about a passion for God's company. I mean, no, it's a passion for God. It's a passion for His company. You want, amen, the Lord to be in your life, but you want to be in His life. You want to be, amen, in His presence. And then a relationship really is all about fueling my life. And so I just thought the best theme would be really cool would be fuel. Because that's really what it's about. Relationship fuels our life. Can you lift your hand as heaven and said, relationship with God fuels my life? Amen. It's not the money that I'm making, it's not my job, it's not not even my personality, it's not anything like that. What fuels my life is relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's God's friendship with us. In fact, that's the really the the theme of the Bible. I've heard people say that the central theme of the Bible is seeking God. But really it's about relationship with God. Come on, somebody, because before we ever can seek God, we've got to understand that God reaches out to us. God sends, uh, extends an invitation to man. He extends his love to us. He extends his plan of salvation to us. How many know the Bible says first, you know, even though you were found, you were first lost, <laughs> right? And he found you, right, because he had this plan all along. The central theme of the Bible is relationship. It's really God reaching out to us and us seeking him. Ever since the beginning of time, in Adam and Eve, God spoke to them. That's relationship. God's speaking to them. That was all about you know, this relationship with the Lord. And He designed marriage and brought them together. And then God came down and talked to them. I mean, it was all through the Bible. Really, Abraham, who's really known as the father of nations, and who many people look and trace their lineage and heritage back to even spirituality, they look and say, he's a spiritual father So a lot of people they look back and say, the Bible even says that Abraham was called a friend of God. That was pretty amazing back in his time because nobody had known God like that. Nobody had ever seen God. Nobody even knew God's name back then. It wasn't until they had, until Moses came that they had some idea what, what this name of God would be, and that is, I am. That's all we knew. And then he was Jehovah Jireh. Then he was, come on, then he was you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then he was the God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus. Amen. And so nobody knew him at that point, but God called this man friend. I like what John 15, 15 says. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard of my father, I will make known to you. How many know that's relationship? God's telling us secrets. God's telling us in all these things. He's filling us in. It's communication. It's communing with God. It's it's this conversation that we have with the Lord. You know, one of the things that makes Christianity so unique and yet so powerful at the same time to a lot of people is the fact that God speaks to us. Did you know that? You mean God speaks today? Speaks to you? You know, many people think that we're crazy because we believe that God speaks to us. Did you know that? If you don't know that, tell somebody at work this week. Amen. They'll think, okay, that's a little crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, the God, your God speaks to you? Yeah. Because this is about a relationship. And it's about a relationship with with a person, the man Christ Jesus. He came in human form and he made himself available to us. Come on. So that we could have a relationship with Him forever. That's what it was all about. And so Isaiah 61 looks forward and he says, Lord, that you would make yourself known among us. That you would come down and make yourself known among us. Paul said, looking back in Philippians, he said, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. How many know We we could ask for a lot of things, but I think one of the greatest things we could ask for or want this year is to know God. Amen? Come on. Amen. Because how many know if you don't know God, you won't have anything. If you don't have the Lord, if you don't know Him, you don't have anything. You can have a lot of riches, but if you don't have God, you don't have anything. And I think sometimes we tend to think that if we focus on our friendship with God, like we look, we look at that and we say, well, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people and I have associates, but it's different. But, you know, I think sometimes we tend to think that if we focus on just our friendship with God, that somehow we take away from the majesty of God. We take away from the awe of God's presence because we talk, start talking about a friend of God. And how many know if you start talking about you know, God being your friend and your best friend and your companion and your lover of your soul and an intimate friend, how many know you're exalting the Lord? In fact, the closer you get to God on a daily basis and walk with Him and begin to really uh, add to this friendship, how many know you begin to respect God all the more? You begin to reverence the Lord all the more. You begin to see God in His glory all the more. Come on, somebody. Amen. The more you walk with the Lord on a daily basis, the more you see the glory of God. The more you see the majesty of God. It's when you neglect your relationship that you start falling off and start getting casual about God. It's when you neglect Him. It's when you neglect your time with Him and your relationship with Him. You start getting disrespectful towards the Lord. Is that true? You, you, don't, you don't start respecting and reverencing Him anymore. Everything comes first or He becomes second and He becomes way down on the bottom of the list. And, and, and you begin to put other things in front of Him. How many know when you begin to worship God every day and you begin to walk with God every day and you begin to add to this friendship every day, God becomes greater in your life. I mean, you see God in a greater way. Is that right? You begin to see God, man, full of majesty, full of wisdom, full of power, full of glory. Amen. So sometimes we think, man, just because I say that God's my friend and Jesus Christ and I have this friendship, we're so intimate together, people are thinking, well, that's a little, maybe that's a little disrespectful. How many know that's the most honorable thing I can do and say that God is my friend? Amen. That I have a friendship with the Lord. Amen. Come on. That's right, isn't it? So we need to understand God's friendship with us. And I think it's important to understand that we have to have this passion for God's company. It's passion for God's company. This zeal for the company. I want to be in His company. I want to be around the Lord. I want to to hang around the Lord. I want to hang around the Lord today. I want to spend time with Him. How many know there's a passion there as you walk with the Lord and you begin to grow in your faith? How many know there's there's a passion that, man, I want to be in God's company? I want to be around Him. I want him to be around me. I don't, I don't know about you, but you know sometimes you get to a place where, I haven't talked to the Lord for like 15 minutes. I've got to talk to him right now. You know Because you get so passionate for him, and you get so passionate for His company, because he's so wonderful, and, and there's joy in His presence, and there's peace when he's around. And when you begin to talk to him and you begin to walk with God, man, there's something about this joy and this peace that, as the Bible says, goes beyond any human understanding. I just need that peace. I want to be with him today. I want to to talk to him right now. I want him to talk. Come on, somebody. Amen. This passion for his presence, this passion for his company. I want to be with him. I don't want to be around anybody else right now. I want to be with him. I mean, no, you you can lose all your friendships. You can be in the loneliest place. The Bible says that Jeremiah was locked up in the prison of prisons. He wasn't even close to any other prisoners, and yet he had great fellowship with God. Come on, David said I can make my bed in hell, and you're still there. Amen. I want your company. I don't care where I am. I want your company. And I'm passionate about your company when I'm at work or when I'm in I'm just doing whatever. Lord, I want your company. I want to be around you. I want, I don't know about you, but you know how many know you become the company you keep? Amen. I don't know about you, but that's good company. Amen. Come on, the best company. I want to be in your company. Sometimes we take this for granted. We think, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm in God's company. No, Lord, I want to focus on. I want to emphasize that. I want to say I want to be with you right now. I want you to be with me. And that's what we call being in God's presence. That's what it means to be in, you know, the presence. When we talk about the presence of God, sometimes we make that so mysterious and, and kind of misunderstand that. What does that mean? I'm in God's presence. That means that I, does that mean I'm lifting off the ground? I'm floating in the, in the you know, and I'm in another world and I'm, no, that just means that I'm in the company of God. I want to be in his company. How about you? Amen. Well, I've, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do that, and then I've got to get my life right, and I've got to look presentable. The Bible doesn't say that we have to do any of that. <laughs> Aren't you glad that He can come with you wherever you are? He's with you wherever, no matter what time of day. Come on, you don't have to be in church to be in the presence of God. Boy, that blows people's minds right there, man. Amen. But the presence, look at that word presence. Starting Even in the Old and New Testament, kind of means the same thing. It means the face. The face, the countenance of God, the face of God. It also means the part that turns, that looks. And that has, you know, the face of God is the. it means mouth and sight and to look and to speak. It also means favor and it also means the heaviness. There's this, as, as the Bible describes, some of the prophets of old and even John in the book of Revelations talk about this awe of God's presence. There's that heaviness of God's presence, that awesomeness that when God shows up, but you know, we talk about being in God's presence. It means the face. In fact, if you look and you study the Old Testament, you'll look in the tabernacle of Moses. And one of the things that was so important was they called it the tent or the place of meeting, the meeting place. That's what they called the tabernacle, the meeting place. And and also, with the meeting place, about that time, God said, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to. When you get out of uh, Egypt and you come out of Egypt, I'm, I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to be with you. And so he said, I'm going to have a pillar of, of fire by night, and a cloud by day, just to show you that I'm with you. Every time you see that, let, I want you to know I'm with you. How many know that's good? Amen? How many know God's good like that? Amen. And so we see this and we see that all these things. But one of the things about the tabernacle in one of the, the pieces of furniture were there and it was built that it had a couple things on it. One of the things it had, it had a loaf of bread. They called it show bread. And it literally meant the bread of presence. <laughs> it meant that every time you go in, every time you partake of that, every time you see it, it is just a sign that I am with you. God is with you. That the promise that he made uh, in, in Egypt to bring you out, He's with you. Come on, somebody, amen. The God that brought you out is the same God that's with you today. And so that was called the bread of presence, and it was called the show up bread. <laughs> amen. It, I love that. It was just like God saying, Look, as long as you see this loaf of bread, you don't have to think about peanut butter and jelly. Think about my presence. Yeah. Amen. I'm with you. And how many know everything that we see in the Old Testament is just a picture of what Jesus did at Calvary. And the Bible says that when Jesus passed, getting ready to, uh, after he passed and he's getting ready to ascend, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but my spirit is going to come. The Holy Ghost is going to come. Not many days end. 40 days from now. And it's going to be a sign to you that I never left you. I, come on, isn't that good? Amen. As if I never left. That's what it's like. And so in the Old Testament, they had the bread of presence. Today we have the Spirit of God, amen, to let us know He's still with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. We've got the pillar of fire. We've got the cloud by day. We've got His Spirit. Come on, somebody. We've got the bread of presence. And, you know, when you go in, when, you, when you go into, before the Lord and just begin to talk to the Lord, begin to communicate with the Lord, begin to interact with the Lord, there's His company right there. You don't have to put on... I know people have said, put on worship music and turn it up to this volume. Then dress nice and get in this and get, get a little, make sure, you know, just get, you get everything ready. Even light candles, you know, and put this on and everything. How I mean, you know, that, doesn't, that doesn't invoke his presence necessarily. Anybody? I know you're disappointed with those candles, but it really doesn't. Amen. You know, because that's not what it means. That's not what it's about. But I'm going to just go into this for a second. And in Exodus chapter 33, God just gives us a special picture here, an awesome picture of what he wants to do with us every single day, the bread of presence. His presence is so important. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, man, I want the company of God. I want to be in his company. I want to be around him. That's what it means to be in his presence. In Exodus chapter 33 in verses 11 through 16, it sounds like a lot. It's really not. But I just... I want to read a couple things. As, as God began to establish some things and God began to say these things and set up them, some things as a picture of what he wanted to do in the future, one of the things we see that in Exodus chapter 33 is that there was what they called the tent of con- the congregation or the tabernacle of the congregation where the congregation would go in and meet with the Lord and then they would have this time where there was prayer time, I guess you could call it, and, and then they would watch Moses go into the tabernacle. They would watch Moses actually literally go into the presence of the Lord, the Bible says says that, that, that Moses went into this thick darkness, and, and people saw this, and that was the presence of the Lord. But one of the things so unique about that and breaks it down and makes it so, so really good is in verse 11, the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And as they began to interact and began to have this conversation, began to commune, I'm just going to this. Moses said this, he said, Lord, I need somebody to go with me. I know you brought us out of Egypt, I thank you for that. You said you'd be with us, but Lord, I really need somebody to go with me. Then in verse 13, he said, you know, if this is really so, if you're really with us, you've got to guide me clearly along the way. You know, if you want me to travel into the wilderness, Lord, I need to know your way. I need to know the way. So you need to guide me clearly along the way. If you want me to travel so that I understand who you are. Isn't that interesting? He, he said, I need to know the way to the promised land so I know who you are. Amen. And how many know that's the way the Lord works in our lives? He takes us down a path so we know who He is. He, he leads us into a situation. He teaches us some things in that situation so we can learn who He is. And then He goes on to verse 14. The Lord said, I myself will go with you, you'll have success. In verse 15, Moses said, that's not good enough. If you aren't going with us, don't let us move another step from this place. I want your presence to go with us. Verse 16, your presence makes the difference uh, in our midst of any other nation, any other people upon the earth. Your presence makes the difference. In verse 17, he begins to say, and the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, yes, I will do what you ask. You have certainly found favor with me for you are my friend. I know your name. You know, one of the most powerful things you can discover is that God knows you. God knows your name. Psalms 139 says, even before you were born. Jeremiah said, when you were formed in your mother's belly, I knew you. I knew you. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? God knew you. Yeah, yeah, God knows everything, whatever. Yeah, he's the greatest. He knows everything. No, when you get the revelation and he said this to Moses, you're my friend, which simply means I know your name. I know the thoughts you think. I know what happens in your life. I know the ups and downs. I know the pain. I know the joy. I know everything about you, and I still have favor in your life. Wow. Notice some things about this discourse and this interaction that happens here with this communion that they have. The the relationship is the focus. Everything that that is prayed, everything that's talked about, everything that's about is relationship focus. In other words, God speaks. Moses speaks and God speaks. He said it's it's like they meet face to face and they speak to one another. And, And and then Moses goes on and says, I need someone. Show me your ways. I will be with you, God said. Your presence is what I need, Moses said. You are my friend, God says. How many of this is going back and forth, confirming and strengthening this relationship and this friendship. And that was all about. So it was relationship focused and relationship based. I hope your prayer really is about relationship. I hope that when you come before the Lord, it's not about a list of things that you need and you want. That it's about relationship. That if you just come to the Lord most of the time and you say, Lord, I just thank you because you're God and you're amazing and you love me. I'm not asking for a whole lot today. I'm not even asking for anything. I just want to be in your presence. I just want to be here. I just want to be in the, in the company of God. I just want to be in your company today. And many of us feel that we've got to yell, scream, do this, do that. And if we just push all the buttons and we say all the things, then God will be with us. How many know we can honestly say God is with us no matter what happens? Amen. Amen. And so this also lets me know that, as Moses said, that the relationship was emphasized because it was a relationship over position. It was relationship over success. It was relationship over social status. It was relationship over what everybody else thought about them. What happened or didn't happen, it was relationship. Moses could have said, okay, you gave me success, I'll take that. He said, no, I want you. I want you, Lord. I want you. I want. It's not about me being successful. It's not about me having this position. And, and you know, even in, in the church, it should be relationship over position. It should be relationship over success. It should be relationship over social status and, and who we are and who we aren't and what we do and what we don't do. It should be about relationship. And relationship, it's just, we see this discourse here, relationship defines and it reveals and it's intimate. It defines, he said, it, it makes the difference. This is, this is how all the nations will know that we're so separate and so different is by your presence. Amen? How many believe that? This is what makes everybody so unique is that you know God. That and People say, well, this is what makes me unique is that, is that I have a healing ministry and, and that I can tell the future and I can say who's going to be present. I can do this and do that. How many know that's not what makes you unique? What makes you unique is your relationship with God. I have a relationship with God Almighty. That's what separates me right there. I don't have to dress a certain way or even talk in Christianese, as they say. I just need to say I know God. That's what separates me. That's what makes me so different and unique. It's not so much that I look so much different than you and I'm trying to be so unique. Come on. Amen than anybody else in my neighborhood. I'm just, I know God. That's what makes me unique. And so I feel like that's what we see that defines us and reveals and it is about intimacy. Notice something about the presence of God. I just wrote some couple things down. Is that this is what I've learned about being in his presence, being in his company? Is that there's really, I have three E's. This should be easy to remember. Easy to remember three E's. First of all, there's exposure. There's really just this exposure of your heart before the Lord that he sees who you are. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. Even before you pray, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to ask. He knows about you. But how many know there's an exposure to him? There's an exposure. He lets you in on who he is. He gets vulnerable, and he actually says, look, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is my nature. This is what the plans I have for you. This is what I have in mind for you. There's an exposure to his glory. There's an exposure to his presence. Never before, the Bible says that God would never share his glory. Think about it. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying, look, you can know who I am. You can have share in who I am, (laughs) sharing this and so i think that's so awesome there's exposure and so then there's an encounter with god and there is this encounter as we see this over and over again in the old testament these encounters the men of god and women of god that had there's encounters with god how many can lift your hand to heaven and said i haven't had an encounter with god i've had an encounter i mean nobody can take that from me it's been an amazing encounter with god some of you had an encounter this morning some of you have an encounter right now i don't know but you had an encounter with god and that's what happens when you get in his company, there's an encounter. There's like, I met God. I heard God. I saw the Lord. How many have ever read the Bible and all of a sudden you just, I got to stop right here. I just, I just met God. I just saw God for the first. I mean, I just saw these things about Jesus that I've never seen before. Right? There's just like this, you know, God begins to open up and God begins to, all of a sudden it's like, I had this encounter with the Lord. How many have ever read the Bible and just started crying? So that's just crazy. What am I doing? I'm just re- reading the red here and all of a sudden it's like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard God say to me. There's an encounter with God. And then there's an experience with the Lord. There's this experience that really just changes you it really it just it's amazing and it's more than a sensation i think too many times we put this emphasis on this experience and and if you don't if you have to feel something how many know you don't have to feel a thing to know that god is with you to know that god is for you to know that god is working out everything for you for the good of those that love him amen that's just an experience. And so you have that experience with the Lord. And we, we don't just live for those things. But man, you can't help but have those things when you're in His presence. When you're in the company of the Lord, Just He's amazing. It's just like, wow. It's like when, when Jesus walked to the disciples, it's like, wait a second. Lepers got healed. People were raised from the dead. 5,000 people ate lunch for free. I mean, this is amazing. Right? Awesome things happen when you're in the company of the Lord. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us now. That's what it meant. God is close to us now. How many can can say as we celebrate Christmas, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us right now. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what it is. The presence of God. The encounter of God. All those things is the company of the Lord. Let me just veer off for a second on this and just say that really God's presence is not about the right style of music the right volume of music in worship. It's not that sensation in worship. And I think we need to get away from this as a church as a whole. I'm just going to get on my soapbox for a second and say we need to get away from the sensationalism of worship because it's not about the, the right kind of music and the volume and the instruments that are being played and that style of music that if you just get into that moment of worship, then you'll really know. It's not about that. It's in our heart. That's where it starts. Amen? That's where we have an encounter with God. That's where we have experienced God's presence is in our hearts. Amen? And so it's not about the right style of music. And, you know, I've kind of paid attention to music over the years, and I realized that, you know, years ago, it was hymns only. You just sang hymns. That's all the church did. Everybody knew they sang. And And then you sang with some electrical instruments, and that was cool. And then we sang songs that were within our own circle, and fellowship and denomination, and songs that were passed down. And then we sang songs from past revivals, and today it seems that we just sing... Whatever's the most popular on Spotify. But how many know it's not about that? You can do those things. Those are great. I believe God accepts those things. Those are amazing. But how many know it's not about that? That's not how you, well, if we don't do that, we won't get his presence. I know I'm breaking, I know I'm stepping on something. And sometimes it reminds me, I gotta be honest with you, with that old movie, that old King Kong movie. That if you just pray, play the right drumbeat, if you just do this, then somehow he'll show up. I mean, no, he, he's inside of me. The presence of God goes with me. We can ne- never meet together as a congregation, maybe because it's unlawful. We have to meet in maybe the woods or under this or that or in secret, and yet the presence of God will still be with us. We may not have instruments and just sing with our voices, and yet the presence of God can be with us in our midst. Come on, somebody, amen. It's not that we uh, go to that church because they sing that style of music, and that's the only word. I've heard people say that. This is the only kind of worship. This is the only kind of style. Everything else is junk. I mean, no, that's not about the presence of God. That's not what it's about. It's not about goosebumps. It's not about the sensations. It's not about the right type of church that you're trying to be. It's not how you dress. It's not even speaking in tongues. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. How many know it's obedience from the heart? That brings the favor of God. Hello, somebody. It's obedience from the heart. That brings the favor. I like to say this. It's his favor, not our performance. And you've got to get that in your mind sometimes because we've just got locked into this. If I just do this... Then this will happen, and sometimes that works. I, I get that. I, I believe that. But sometimes we live and die by that. And we shouldn't do that. We should just say, you know what? It's not my performance. It's his favor. And what is his favor? How do I get his favor? Well, you got to go to this kind of church, and you got to believe in this kind of thing. You have to be called belong to this kind of de- uh, denomination and, and type thing and people group, and and you got to be of this this descent. And you got to d- no. know what is the favor of God. It comes from obedience from the heart. Amen. Amen? I said it comes from obedience from the heart. Amen? And so we've got to understand that His presence comes and we get that. And some people are still waiting for you know, God to come and show up as if they're still waiting for the Messiah to come. How many of the Messiah's already come? The Holy Ghost has already come. Amen? His presence is here, it's come, it's man. Now, does He manifest Himself in different times? Absolutely. That's what happens when people begin to prophesy and, and miracles begin to flow. There's a manifestation. There's, a, there's a, an, like an emphasis of the, of the Spirit of God. Come on, right? We get it, right? Get that? And, but how many know we don't just sit around and just wait for that all the time? And if, if that doesn't happen, then God's not here and He doesn't love us. Amen? It's His company. And it's people who desire His company. And as people that are passionate after his company. You know, people have just have, have really had questions about the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and all these kind of questions. And, 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 you know, the only thing I can really point to people when they talk to me about and ask questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or whatever it is, you know, the, one of the things I say is just begin to love God with all your heart. Just begin to worship God. I mean, don't, don't, don't get into this. Well, if I, if I have, say it this way and do that, and, if I, and then I have, I've got to stand on my head, and then I've got to sit down and kneel down. No. How many know it's, it's just when you begin to really pour out your heart before the Lord? Lord, I want you. Lord, I want to be filled with you. I want to love you. I, I pour my heart out before you. How many know the Bible says that God cannot turn away from a contrite heart? He will never turn a broken or a contrary or humble, amen, a, a passionate heart that wants Him, that just wants Him. We see in the book of Acts people that want to do miracles. They wanted to be known. They wanted to have this power. They wanted, to, they wanted to buy and sell the power of God. How many know? That's not what it's about. Amen. It's about, Lord, I just want you. I want to know you. I have a passion for your company. That's what I want. I've seen so many people baptized in the Holy Ghost just by saying, Lord, I want you. I worship you. I I just want to just be in love with you more. Amen. I just pour my heart up before you. Amen. And so just to throw that out there. And the third thing is, is that friendship fuels my life. That's really what it's about. And you know, I've really been th- th- thought about this and I thought, Lord, just how, how is it with our relationship? I just feel like God just made a way for our friendship. God really put it in his heart way, way, way back, you know, even before the beginning of time about friendship. And just I want to leave a couple things with you today that you've got to know that God sees you. He hears you. He thinks about you. He forgives you. He's with you. He loves you. I mean, if we can wake up every day and think about that. And The scriptures that are just poured out in the Bible about those things. I mean, just the fact that God thinks about us. Then I blow you away. Then not just 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 kind of that concept that God thinks about you. The Bible says several times that His thoughts towards you are as many as the sands of the sea. That's a lot of thoughts, guys. And yet, how many times a day do we think about Him? How many times a day do we kind of think, Lord, what are You saying? What's in Your heart today? You know, when, when there was a prophecy, a Messianic prophecy about Jesus, one of the characteristics of Jesus that was prophesied is that I'm going to raise up a faithful priest that's going to do everything in my heart and in my mind. How many know that's, that's what it's about? That's that relationship with God. Lord, I just want to do what's in your heart. I want to do what's in your mind. I mean, think about that. God thinks about you. And really, if you think about it, and, and we kind of just really go a little deeper, this is one of the things I believe that, the reasons that I personally want to do what's right and live right. It's not because I've got to follow rules and I've got to have a certain you know, a perception of people, what a pastor is or what a Christian is. It's not so much that it is why I live right is because I don't want to hurt my relationship with God. I don't want anything to come between us. I don't want ever anything to come between my relationship with the Lord. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm worshiping something else more than Lord. Or that I have more attention on something else. That I have more trust in something else. That I'm putting my uh, trust in money. That I'm putting my trust in the economy. That I'm putting my focus on other people. How many know I don't want anything to come between me and the Lord? That's why I do what's right. That's why I choose the right way. That's why I want to be holy. That's why I want to be, amen, in His presence. That's why I want to read the Bible and memorize it and love it and come on and preach it. Because I don't want anything to come between the Lord and I. I don't want anything to get in there. I, I mean, that's just, well, people will find out. They'll come to your house and they'll find out what you're up to. Hey, I, I don't want the Lord to ever say, that's not what I want. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, ple- Paul said, I want to please the Lord at all times. That's what my heart's about. That's what it's about when I get in your company, Lord. God, are you speaking to me about something that I'm not doing right? Or I'm allowing to come in between us. That's what, how many know that's what God really talks to you about? He doesn't say you need to pray more so you impress more people at church. He says you need to talk to me because I need to hear from you a little bit more. <laughs> how many have ever heard that in worship or prayer or as you go through your day? The Lord just says you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. Oh, that's condemnation. No, that's the Lord saying, I want to I wanna grow in this love relationship with you more. I want you to get more on fire for me. I want to I wanna draw you in a little closer to me. I want to, amen, I want to get just a little bit closer. I want to, I'm knocking on this door. I want you to open just a little bit wider, amen, so we can really have some fellowship together. Amen? Right? Amen. No, the rules of my church say if I don't pray so much today, I'm going to get in trouble. How many know if you go to that kind of church, you need to get out because it's not about that. It's about relationship. Amen. I don't tell people to leave churches a whole lot, but amen. And so so it's not just that God put an emphasis on this, but it's number two, our strength is in friendship. Your, your strength is in friendship. Your strength is in communion with the Lord. Your strength is in common unity with other people. This is what it's all about. This word, uh, commune. I want to commune with you. I want to fellowship with you. That's where worship and prayer come all of, That's where it comes from, and that's what it's all about. It's not going through a list of all these expectations, and God's going to do this if I do this. It's about worship, and it's about fellowship, communing with the Lord. Exodus chapter 25, he says it several times. The reason that God... Put the mercy seat in there, not that they can make a, an 80s movie out of it, you know, from, uh, you know, that they can go and find the lost ark and they can do all the, and that, and it, no, it's not that you'll just win battles. That's not why the Lord put the gold over the ark and why the angels are on top of the ark. And while the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies, it was because I wanna commune with you, I wanna meet with you there. That's what it was all about. How many know the Ark of the Covenant was just a wooden box overlaid with gold? wasn't a big deal to God. I mean, his, his pavement is gold. He did, I mean, it's not a big deal, right? We're impressed by that. He said, just, just get a box together, put this in it, and do this, because I want somewhere to meet with you. <laughs> He could have said, go up on a mountaintop and, and sculpt a burning bush and, and, and sculpt an angel. And It didn't matter what he said. I said, wherever I want to meet with you, that's where I'm going to meet with you. But at that particular time, it meant certain things. And God said, that's where I want to commune with you. That's where I want to talk with you. That's where I want to explain and express my heart to you. And that you'll know what to do when you get to the promised land. And you'll know how to fight and win battles. I want to commune with you. How I many can say being in God's presence is really, really good for me? Amen. Amen. I want to commune with the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are built a spiritual house, a habitation for the Lord. In 1 in, in Corinthians 6, it says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the tabernacle. You're that habitation. That's where God wants to live. That's where God wants to dwell. In the Old Testament, He lived in tents and He lived in uh, temples and He was in these these buildings, but the Bible says that no longer is there going to be a building. It's your heart that's where God is going to dwell. Amen. It's your, it's your life. That's where, that's where He wants to be. How many can say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's where God dwells. Amen. Because God's looking for a place to live. He said, I can't live in these structures anymore because it doesn't mean the same thing. Now I got to live in people's hearts. Amen. And so. God is the strength, and that, that strength of friendship is really what it's all about. And so, the third thing is, I want to end with this, is that really I need to build the friendship. I need to build the friendship. You know, God does so much on His part, doesn't He? How many know, believe that God does so much for you? But you know, I just need to build this friendship. That's my desire for this year. I want to build this friendship with the Lord. It means that I need to spend time with Him, and I need to make time to spend time. With him, and it doesn't no matter where it is. I just need to make that time to spend time with him. I, I don't know about you, but when I'm in the car and going around about, I'm going about and, and doing some things. Sometimes I'll put on a, a a book to listen to, or I'll, I'll I'll put on a podcast to listen to. Or uh, used to be that we you know had a I used to like to listen to sports talk radio, and we don't have that in this area anymore. And uh, I used to listen to that all the time, and really don't get too much out of uh, the the kind of the the talk shows today but you know whatever it is spend time make time spend time with him in acts chapter 17 i love this you got to read this i hope you study this at some point this week acts chapter 17 um, when Paul stood before, really it was the, uh, uh, in, in Greece, and he went to Athens. And he stood before, these were the um, kind of the religious philosophers, the religious kind of the, of their day. They were some of the smartest, most intelligent people of their day. And he stood before that council in Greece. And he said this in Acts 17, 27. He said, and he began to talk about, and we, they were arguing about the resurrection. He began to go all the way back to the Old Testament and, and explain why God did what he did. And he said this, he said, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Isn't that a great message to tell somebody? Isn't that a wonderful message to just tell somebody that doesn't know the Lord? Man, God did all these things to reach out to you. God did all these things to have a relationship with you because he's not far from you. He's very near to you. Well, how near is he? The Bible says he's so close to you. He's even like the words on your mouth. He's that close. He's so close to every one of us, the Bible says. He wasn't talking to Christians when he said this. He was talking to some of the greatest philosophers, the most, some of the, most, uh, kind of the most ungodly people of the day. He was saying this to that God is near you. God's near to you. And they were like, what? Yeah, blew him away. Half of them laughed. The Bible says half of them received. Half of them believed on Jesus because of this. I love this scripture. I found this years ago. It meant so much to me. In Exodus chapter 24, again, Moses and, and the Lord. The Bible says in verse 12 of chapter 24, And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. Okay, you're going to tell me something. You're going to give me instructions. You're going to give me, I'm going to get that, uh, that the house we've been praying about, car we've been praying about, the breakthrough I'm going to get, my healing. I'm going to get. No, he said, just be there. And sometimes you just need to be there. Sometimes you need to just tell the Lord, I'm just here. Here I am. I'm here. Sometimes you just need to get away and just, and, and you know, and you have all these, you know, some of you just have all these, you know, all the, or if you like me, you kind of write in your Bible and you've got it color coordinated and you've got all these, like, little sticky notes everywhere and, okay, what am I going to study today? Sometimes you just need to say, Lord, I'm just here. I just want to be with you today. I'm not here to ask for a lot. I'm not here to do that. I, I'm just here to be with you. And so how many times God just says, be here, just be here. And how many know God will bring you to a place Just to be there. Just to be with Him. Amen? Come on, somebody. Some of you have found out that the Lord just brought you to that place in your life that you could just be with Him. And the Lord called Moses to a place that He calls us to every single day, and that is to spend time with Him, fellowship with Him, time in His presence. And the Lord really desires this constant fellowship with us. And we we need to make this time and place for the Lord. The Bible talks about the prayer closet or the getting away in your closet. Jesus talked about that. And he used that example and that metaphor that people would understand in their day, very relevant terminology that they understood that you just got a way to be alone with the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. John chapter 15, Jesus speaks a lot about abiding. If you abide in him and his words abide in you, you can ask anything. You'll come on all kinds of. And what is it about? It's about relationship communication and participating and interaction with the Lord. Amen. If you'll abide with Him, if you'll stay and, and, and have a fi- find a place in the company of God. Find a place in the presence of God. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? I don't know what you have um, planned for this year and what your resolution is. I think some of us have very tiptoeing through this area of resolution this year because no matter what we wanted in the last two years, we probably didn't get it or do it. <laughs> Amen. I don't know what you're really wanting, but I think in this year, 2022, I say, Lord, I just want to know you more. I just want to know you more. I just want to come into this place with a stronger friendship with you, stronger communion with you, a stronger place of seeking you. And sometimes we put such an emphasis on, we got to do that. And I'm that way. I'm a very intense person. Sometimes when it comes to, I got to pray, I got to do this and this, and I got to do that. And there's other times you just got to say, Lord, I just need to, Wait in your presence. I just need to get alone with you. I want your presence. I want your company. I want your just your, your really just your atmosphere or Lord, as we call it, but your company. I want you to notice something in Exodus 33. You remember we read that about that Moses and, and the Lord talked to each other face to face like a friend a man talks to his friend. If you read that further on, I just wanted to bring this little principle out because it's important. That God said that he would lead the people into the promised land. But he could not be in the midst of them because of they were a proud people. He said, I'm going to do all these things for you. I'll make a way for you to go to the wilderness, but I can't be in the middle of you. I can't I can't really be among you because you're a proud people. And that's what got him in the bondage in the first place. If you go back and study your Bible, you'll find out that it was a pride of their heart and they didn't listen to God. That's what got him in trouble in the first place. Come on. 400 years later, he said, I'm going to bring you out, but I can't be in your midst because you're still proud people. And so God brought them out of bondage and a lot of it because he made a promise to Abraham. He heard their cry, the Bible says. He wanted them to worship him. He wanted to be their God. He wanted to give them his word, but he couldn't do that. He couldn't really come among them, the Bible says, because of their sin. And the Bible says that it's our sins that separate us from God. And you know, God has poured out His Spirit. He's done all these things. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave. He made a way of salvation. He's knocking on the door, but you, we've got to let Him in. And sometimes that door could be sin. Sometimes that door could be that partition that holds God back from really giving us His all. The Bible says it's our sins. It's our pride of our heart. Think about it. Think about it, God wants to do all these things for people and He loves them and He has all these wonderful plans for the life but because of the pride, their sin they don't know the Lord, they don't have that door open. So how many know the gospel is important that people hear the gospel, that that door would open to the Lord? They would know the Lord, and they would receive His forgiveness receive His grace, receive everything that He has for them. The Bible says, I can't be in your midst, I can't be among you my presence can't be among you because of your sin." That's why he had to be at a distance. That's why there was only one person allowed to go in because he couldn't show himself to everybody. He said, I can't be in the midst of you personally. I'll send fire, I'll send a cloud. I'll send my priest, I'll give you showbread. I can't be there personally because of your sin. Isn't that amazing? Just like in the garden, it separated them. Just like when Jesus was born, the Bible says he came to his own, own received him not, they didn't see it. They didn't get it, they rejected him, they crucified him. And just like today in our lives, can push god away we can keep that door closed you know and i have to ask that question is god just a casual friend is he just a business relationship is this about just going to church is this just about having religion in your life is he just an associate that maybe you talk to him once a year or just occasionally you you, you're in trouble so you got to pray and that's what you're supposed to do and then you call a pastor to come pray for you and and that's what i'm supposed to do but is there a connection there are you really connected intimately to the Lord. This is what it's about today. And if you don't have this intimate friendship with God, you can do this through Jesus Christ. Understand that I'm a sinner, Lord, and my sins are keeping you from really being that show-up God in my life, having your presence in my life every day, knowing you intimately. That's keeping me from that, Lord. And so I repent of that. I push that back. The Bible says turn your back on sin. The things, come on, that separate you from God and turn your face to the Lord. Why? Because His face is turning to you. (laughs) Amen? Amen? I mean, no, it's not not God's problem. It's our problem. God's loved us. He's always loved us. We sang earlier. God's always loved us. Amen. He's always had a plan for us, but it's our sin. It's our disobedience, our rebellion, our pride that keeps us back from knowing the Lord the way we should. And so I just want to say that the reason that Jesus came and He died was for this great plan of relationship that's really what it was about this relationship and so today if you don't have what we call a personal relationship with Jesus Christ you can do that today just say Lord I'm sorry Lord my sins have kept me from you sin of pride and lying and stealing and cheating and lusting and all these things Lord worshiping other things instead of you it's kept me from you and today I just want to say Lord I'm sorry but I receive your forgiveness for these things Thank you that you love me enough that, Lord, you'll just, if I, if I apologize and I repent, and I turn from these things, that you'll forgive me and you'll give me that life and that open door, amen, through Jesus Christ now is between us. Or there's nothing between us, but there's that open door of communication. The Bible says that because of the blood, I can come boldly into the presence of God. Now I have entrance. Now I have access. Now I have Wi-Fi. Come on, now I have the password. Now I can get in there through the blood of Jesus. Nothing's holding me back anymore. I've repented of my sins. I turned, and now all I want is God. Now I want is Him. I just want to know Him. I mean the Bible says you can come freely and Amen. Just openly into the presence of God, in the company of God, the relationship with God and the friendship with God. Amen. I'm going to lift your hand to heaven and say, this year I want to, amen, go stronger in my relationship with God, my friendship with Him. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for today. Today we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, it's all about the relationship with you, and I never want to lose this simplicity that's in Jesus, the simplicity that's in Christianity, and that is, amen, a relationship with God Almighty. I thank you, Lord, that it's in you. All the work was done at Calvary. Everything that you needed to do, you did. Now today, I reach back and I say, Lord, I want you. I want this, Lord, relationship with you, and perhaps for the first time, some of you, saying, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ some of you have allowed a a priest or a pastor a person come between you no longer the Bible says that you can have access to God and God exclusively through the blood of Jesus thank you Lord that you Lord are working in this relationship you are working on our friendship you're doing things to build patience in my life and gentleness long-suffering and joy Lord all these things are for this great relationship that I have with you I may not take this for granted. I don't want to put anything in front of it, but see Lord. I just pray that would I grow in my relationship with you this year. In Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. If you need prayer and you're here today and there's something going on in your life, and sickness or disease or whatever, and there's a situation in your family, we want to pray with you today. We want to start the year out right. Amen. For the rest of us, I don't know if you're doing leftover sauerkraut or whatever you do. I don't know what nationality you do, and what do you do? But amen. For the rest of us, God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.